Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, from God, I mean the Gospel today is chosen for us one week after the, the Pentecost for a reason. The Gospel can be looked upon as three segments. Once the reading today, the first is the Lord's Prayer, which is our Father out in heaven, which is the Jesus' gift to his disciples and gift to us. And then the other part is perseverance in prayer. You keep asking. And the last segment is what you ask for, what you expect from God. So let me go through this three concepts first. The first thing is that it started by the disciples seeing Jesus praying long time, sometimes over the night on the mountain. And one of the disciples approached him and said, teach us how we pray. And we thank this disciple because out of this request, the Lord gave us great present, which is a prayer that we can use. And it's designed by Jesus. Its importance is that it is teaching of Jesus. Jesus said, when you pray, say that. Say what? Say the Lord's Prayer. So it's very important to understand. It's very powerful prayer. Unbelievably, yani, people do not understand how powerful this prayer is. I remember when I was young, some of the villages in Egypt where education is very limited, the families just pray our Father. They have water, a cup of water, and the father and the mother and the kids gather together around the water, and they pray our Father, and they drink the water. I thought it's naive ritual. It's not. It's very powerful. Out of that, miracles happen. Out of because they rely on the history in the book of Genesis that says that the Spirit of the Lord was woven above the water. So they pray the Lord's Prayer on water. Surprisingly, yesterday I was listening to a YouTube about the Lord's Prayer and I found an American Protestant preacher saying, pray our Father on a cup of water and drink it with your family. It shocked me because Protestant people do not believe in water and things like that. And it revived for me the memories of these families in Egypt. In a very simple way, it seems that it's really something therein. The power of the prayer on water does something. So please do that in your time, families, with your siblings, with your parents, with your children. Pray this powerful prayer that the Lord had. It's very powerful prayer because it is designed by Jesus and it's given to humanity. He's teaching us how to pray by saying our Father. Let's go through the words together fast. It starts by saying our Father. And that's why before we pray, we say, Lord, make us worthy 
to pray thankfully our Father. Because it's not easy. Are we worthy to call him Father? Make us worthy to say our Father. If you like to understand the power of calling God Father, speak to a Muslim that converted to Christianity. This moves their heart. There's a nice Arabic song written by a Muslim person that converted to Christianity. It says in the song, Now I can call him Father. There's a book written by a Muslim girl from Pakistan that converted to Christianity, and the title of the book, I dare to call him Father. If I am coming from, as an orphan, for example, I lost my parents, and a rich man adopted me in his house. Do I dare to call him dead among his children, among his religious children? It's very embarrassing. How can I call God Father? Actually, without Christian, in other religions, there's nothing like that. If you say to a Muslim, you call God Father, you say, Astaghfirullah what are you talking about? And it's, it's a shame on us to elevate ourselves to the level that the divine is my father. Who am I? If I adopt an ant to live with me in my house, can this ant say to me, Dad? Actually, the very fact that you can call him father gives a lot of peace. Many times we are a little bit down because of any loss. I suppose that I got a bad mark or I apply for a job I don't get it or whatever, yeah. or sickness or loss. A member of my family or something like that. The very fact when I start praying, saying, Our Father, it uplifts us. It is actually psychological treatment. Because if I have a Father who is the divine, what more I, what, what is the loss in this world if God is my Father? I remember something happened to me some almost 40 years ago. I was working at university and the dean of the faculty said, apply for something called tenure. I didn't know what's that. But because the dean said apply, I applied. And before the interview, whether they give it to me or not, someone told me, did you know what you are applying for? I said, what do you mean? He said, this is an application to be in the governing body of the university. They don't offer it to non-Australians. Anyway, it was too late, I applied. I didn't like it. I didn't even dream of it. It doesn't increase my salary, it's just prestige. And in the interview, I found people introducing themselves to me. Who are they? The top academic people in New South Wales, Vice Chancellor of Sydney University, Vice Chancellor of New South Wales, all Vice Chancellors. If you understand university, the Vice Chancellor is God on earth. 
all of them came to Wollongong for me to interview me, I panicked. And then I started praying our father. And the innocent I said, our father, tremendous peace came to my heart. Why? Because I felt that God is my father. Who are these? These are his servants. It's not arrogance, but it is confidence that if I am belonging to the divine, to be his son, why should I panic from human? This, the very fact that we call him our father is a gift. That's why thankfully make us worthy to pray that thankfully, to thank him for offering us the possibility that I call him father. And who gave me this right to call him father? It's Jesus said, when you pray, say our father. Why not to say my father? <clears throat> Be our, our, when we approach God, we approach him as a group, as brethren. You can go to ask your dad for something, but compare this by going to him with your siblings to ask as all the children ask dad for something. See the, the difference? God look at us as his children, as a family. And it's very important to have this feeling that I'm approaching God with my brethren. I peace towards them, I love them, they love me, and we approach our Father together, who art in heaven. Some of us, in a naive way, change our to is, our Father who is in heaven. Understand that this is not a mistake. Our Father who are in hell. God is Trinity, and we approach Him as a, you are. It's 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 important to understand that this is the dignity of the Father. We call Him who are in heaven. Then hallowed be Thy name. The kingdom come. The Lord is teaching us to be polite. When you approach anyone, don't start by speaking about yourself. If you come to, say, a teacher, or a doctor, or a priest, or whatever, you don't start by saying, I need, I... It's out of politeness, the Lord is teaching us. When you go to a person and say, how are you? How is your health? Yeah. There's something related to God before I ask for myself, hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come. As it is in heaven, so it's on earth. That's my desire. My desire is that your will, who is in, the will in heaven is to be the will on earth. That's my desire for you, Lord, because I respect you, I love you, I need you to have your will on earth. And this is also politeness in dealing with each other. If you go out with your wife, or fiancé, or friend, or to go for dinner, wouldn't it be nice to say, let be your will, would you like to go? It's very polite to say, I like your will to be done on earth, because your will is good and favorable. And then speak about something 
our daily bread. Forgive us, give us our daily bread. All people that search languages said that it cannot be at all the bread that we eat every day. It has to be something related to heaven. One translation say, give us bread of tomorrow, the coming bread, other translation give us the original or the Gauhari. So it has to be something related to spirituality. It cannot be that Jesus is asking us to ask about bread that we eat for the body. It has to be the future bread, which is the source of eternal life, the feed on him. And then he should do something, a teaching is very important, again for each other, that forgive us our trespasses as we forgive, as means the same message, the same quality. I ask God to forgive me by the same quality I forgive others. That's the reason that when somebody hurting me very much, I love it. Why? Because when I forgive him, I have the power to say to the Lord, forgive my many sins, forgive my bad sins. If someone hurts me a little bit and I forgive him, then when I hurt God a little bit, he forgive me. So it's the same quantity, the same quality. As I forgive, I receive forgiveness. It's very important. It's very important to understand that the measure whereby God will look at my sins, whether he forgives or holds against me, I set the measure. I make the measure by myself, by the way I forgive others. That's why how unwise I would be if I hold grudges against people and I like to get revenge and get even for someone that hurt me would be tremendous lack of wisdom. Because if I'm wise, I would love to say to the Lord, see Lord, they hurt me, I didn't even uh, uh, try. I love them. I do my best to love them. I love those people who hurt me because they give me a status in front of God to be forgiven. It's very useful for us to be hurt by others and forgive them. This is Christianity. When I read the history of, um, of uh, Nietzsche, Nietzsche is a philosopher that uh, attacked Christianity and attacked Jesus in person. He wrote many books against Jesus. And then at a young age, he became mental. He lost his mind. And he was accommodated in medical hospital. Who served him until he died? Nuns, Christian nuns, served him with peace. You attacked our Jesus, we serve him until you die. There's a great saint in the history of the Coptic Church in Ansena. This saint is was specialized in torture of Christians. He was known in the Roman Empire to be the most effective 
emperor or leader that torture Christian people, such that when they have a very stubborn Christian person that holds firm to his belief, they send him to this governor, governor of Ansena. His name is Arianus. You know that he's a saint in our Coptic church. He has a day in the Selexarium, and we celebrate his holy day of martyrdom, because after that, he believed in Christianity, and he was martyred as Christian martyr. All his history of attacking Christian people was totally forgiven by the church, by God, and by Christian people. So when we say to the Lord, forgive me my, my trespass as I forgive, understand the word as means same quality, same quantity, same level. If I forgive, the same way I forgive, I'll be forgiven. Then the Lord ended the prayer by saying, ask for protection from the evil one. Some people think that the devil is symbolic. No, it's, it's a person. It's a being. A being that devises plans to disturb us and take us from the way of the Lord. Protect us, Lord, from him and from the possibility of being destroyed by him. This was the first part that he taught his disciple about the prayer. A very important prayer. Let us use it. Let us use it with wisdom and understanding. Because it's a gift. It has been given to us as a gift from Jesus. Can I rely on it in healing? Can I rely on it in having peace? Can I rely on it in uh, my needs? Yes, it's a very simple prayer. It's given to, you know that Jesus doesn't care much about our mental power. There are many saints that they were very simple in their way of thinking. Even St. Paul, with all his tremendous big brain, he said, I never approached people with my mind. Because the thing that works in people is the power of the Holy Spirit. Then the second section in the Gospel today is about, you repeat your prayer, you don't leave God until you receive. And he gave examples of that, about the need, when you need something, you keep begging until you receive. And he said that even wicked people under this perseverance of others, they may give. And the last thing in the gospel today is what we ask for. He said that if a son goes to his dad asking about bread, will he give him stone? What's that? You know that bread in the past, and until now in some places, say the monasteries, it looks like stone. The bread is baked in a way that looks as a stone. That's why he said that if I ask for bread, he gives me a similar shape, being a stone. Of course not. So he's referring to us about what we ask. We ask something good, and we receive the something that's good when we ask. Then he said what? Ask the Holy Spirit. And that's why the church selected this reading one week after the Pentecost, 
to ask for the Holy Spirit. If we revive the Holy Spirit in us, then there are gifts attached to it. The Holy Spirit comes with gifts. The evil Ambarama Church, they give me a sermon at Ambarama Church about the gift of self-control, which is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I loved it. I kept thinking about it, how great a gift it is to be received from the Holy Spirit. Self-control is a gift from the Holy Spirit. Can I study? Can I apply myself? Can I reject pornography? Can I fast? Can I apply myself? Can I have this self-control, which is the key? Look, all our success in life is dependent on two things. Clarity of the target and self-control. If I have clear targets and I have self-control, lucky me, I'll achieve. My targets say very high results in academic life and I have self-control, I'll get there. If my target is bodybuilding, clarity, I like my body to be in that shape or lose weight in that way, whatever, health or whatever the purpose. If it's clear and I have the gift from the Holy Spirit, this one of the seven gifts. There are many other gifts. So when we ask, we ask the Holy Spirit, especially these days in our fast, we ask the Lord to revive for us the Holy Spirit such that we receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit that will make us happy, belonging to Him. Glory be to His name. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart and we pray that it will not only inform you but will also transform you and your life with Christ.